0: Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petri. I have Lori Smith, LMSW, back on my show. She was last on September 12, 2022, Season 3, Episode 103. And she's been practicing social work for 18 years and is well-versed in multiple modalities, theories, and evidence-based practices. And her work has continuously involved working with marginalized Population and her passion is working with trauma survivors. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. And I welcome you back to the podcast, Lori. And it's Monday morning, and I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you, Marianne. I am so glad to be back. Three times is a charm, and I hope that it's beneficial to your clients. Um, it's occurring to me as you speaking, we're near Halloween and I forgot to mention that I'm actually a coach now too. And I have a, um, a webinar on, um, shame unspooked, which is relevant to what we're going to be talking about today, because I do work with trauma survivors. I love working with trauma survivors. And one of the things that I love to do the most is digging into the shame that keeps us small. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, our conversation today, all of these experiences that your listeners have had legally, it's, it's very um, isolating. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, just pull the rug out from under you kind of experiences, obviously, that are what we qualify as trauma. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I think, oh, gosh, there's just so much to unpack. And so I'm glad you have me back. Thank you.
0: Oh, and I'll probably have you back again, because Well, we don't cut through in this podcast. We'll be doing another one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So um, I've been reading a good book, Marianne. Okay. It is called, uh, it's Gabor Mate. I don't know if you're familiar with him, if your listeners have ever. So Gabor Mate is really setting the landscape. He's changing the addiction landscape and the mental health and the medical landscape in terms of how we talk about and think about trauma. He's written in the realm of the hungry, hungry ghosts about addiction. he's written a book on ADHD on chronic illness. Now he's talking directly about trauma and it's called the myth of normal trauma, illness, and healing in a toxic culture. So I'm, if it's okay, I'd like to read a quote to get us started.
0: Oh, sure. Can you show us the cover of the book too? Oh, so sure.
1: Yeah. I didn't know we were. Yeah. Okay. We that's cool. Yeah. Okay. He's Canadian. Uh, he's a physician actually. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, Seeing trauma as an internal dynamic grants us a much-needed agency. If we treat trauma as an external event, something that happened to or around us, then it becomes a piece of history we can never dislodge. If, on the other hand, trauma is what took place inside of us as a result of what happened, in the sense of wounding or disconnection, then healing and reconnection become tangibly possible. Trying to keep awareness of trauma at bay hobbles our capacity to know ourselves. Conversely, Fashioning from it a rock-hard identity, whether it's the attitude of defiance, cynicism, or self-pity, is to miss both the point and the opportunity of healing, since by definition, trauma represents a distortion and limitation of who we were born to be. Facing it directly, without either denial or over-identification, becomes a doorway to health and balance. Now, I get excited about reading this stuff, but (laughs) what? I don't know how other people feel about listening, but what I see in that quote is the hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The hope, if you look at at your trauma and anybody who's listening to you has experienced trauma, I would, without assessing them, almost bet at the casino on. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But we always think it shouldn't happen to us. It doesn't happen to us. It only happens to those people, those, those other people, whoever other is. Mm-hmm. And that is a really hard thing that our country is currently dealing with collectively. And so I know you talk a lot about judges and CPS and the experience of going through the courts. And I think if we look at that both in a macro level of our country, it has just experienced a disconnect from our identity, whether it was pro this or anti that, it doesn't matter. We're disconnecting from who we are from our center. And that happens with the children that happens with the parents that Mm -hmm. happens when we have shame come in from trauma that says, you're not allowed to feel these things. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you need to pull your bootstraps up. You need to like, okay, well this happened and you got to toughen it out and all of those things. If we do not look at those things, we can't heal.
0: Right. Or snap out of it.
1: Right. And I think I think one of the things that I see um, just it's so disempowering the experience of trauma, whether you're a child or the parent or even the judge who is facing the cases over and over again, that that matters. It matters because it starts to color our lens of how we experience, interact and view the world. I my business, my coaching business is called clouded compass because it, it literally to me, it's like a cloud in how we see the world. It is a cover, a film, a, an isolating difference between you and me. I have a pain. I can't share. I have a pain. I can't talk about. I shouldn't talk about it because I'll make you uncomfortable. I shouldn't scream about it. I shouldn't even be in pain about it because you're telling me it's not a pain point.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: That's isn't getting us anywhere it's creating what we fear against
2: mm-hmm. it is
1: creating the exact conditions of perpetration and victimization over and over and over again from from the individual to the macro level we are all being victimized at the moment in terms of I mean it's just look like at the pandemic we all had a victimization.
2: -hmm. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Our lives were disassociated from ourselves. But if we don't talk about how to get through these incredibly painful, life cracking open experiences, then we ain't going to get the job done. Mm -hmm. The job being healing.
0: And that's just it. You've got an elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about or they dance around it because they know about it, but they don't want to, you know, approach the person, you know, or even offer, um, you know, if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. People just don't even say that to each other anymore.
1: And if you remember, like, in the, like, not that the 50s and 60s were that great, but if you remember when we had communities and your neighbors and you would have card parties and all. I mean, I just watched a show on a perpetrator that, like, perpetrated against an entire family because in the 70s we were just so friendly with each other. We're not because we have pain that we're holding and carrying around and we're not talking to each other, which is why I find tremendous hope. And the African-American community in terms of all of the organizations they have with CPS, with the court system, with the unfairness and all of that, but they don't, those communities and agencies and organizations, they don't do this work all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Trauma makes us think it's either or, either I'm healed or I'm broken, either Mm -hmm. I'm fixed or I'm, I'm a mess. We're both, we're all of it. But we have got to find pieces of joy so that we can endure until the victory.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) It it is. It's so hard because it it's a journey that takes a long time to You know, it's so
1: funny. I'm laughing because when I came out with my business two years ago um, specializing in trauma, my friend list, like my friends who talk to me zilch, like down to like my friends. And I think again, because I am open and say the word trauma, I lived in a, in a, I was just thinking last night, um, I had seven cabbage patch kids at one time and I felt so lucky. Like I had in some ways a very good childhood, but in a lot of ways it was full of neglect and abuse and court systems and, Just all of that stuff. But you don't discount one because you have the other. You may have a child who's being alienated. That doesn't mean you can stop. Doesn't mean you need to stop mothering. Doesn't mean you need to like halt that part of yourself. You can still have a relationship with that child, even if that child is inaccessible externally. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, I'm not afraid to talk about trauma. I'm going to come out talking about it loud and proud because trauma is just something we all experience. And if we, if it, it, and even just saying that isolates me from my friends. That's too
0: bad.
1: Well, but I mean, but that's no different than a lot of your, your clients who are very feel maybe like they're isolated in a court case that they can't talk about with anybody because nobody would believe them if they dare talk about it. And if they talk about it, then they're talking too much about it. And then why don't you get off of that? And I just had, I have a client who was just um, innocently harassed by a, a helper because they were reacting in a tra- trauma response. Yes. That's what we do when we're hurt. That's what we do when we're wounded. But if we're not looking that way, then we're going to think that's an individual pathology. mm mm-hmm not their human response and experience all of the feelings is part of being a whole human so so bad things happen all day every day and do not stop owning and finding the good things because we need our brains need that evidence mhm our brain again—that filter that we have now because of the trauma—that's going to color how we look at the world. So if we're not taking into account the good things going on as well, then we're, for a moment, innocently, affecting how we walk through the world. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to do that. I mean, you can you you know you can um, I highly encourage people to listen to music and and think good memories because literally it starts to. <laughs> it, it's like an oil for the circuitry in your brain. Mm-hmm. It like starts to rewire the nervous system. It starts to rewire your neurons and it starts to say life is more than just this really shitty thing that's happening to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's happening to me and I get to decide how I want to deal with that.
0: hmm I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with is, you know, how do I deal with, uh, for instance, you know, not being able to see your kid for two years yes. or, or the kid is, doesn't want to have any contact with you for, I don't know, seven years. right, And, you know, and how I have dealt with that is just staying busy. Okay. Talking to you, doing these podcasts. Okay. yeah, Helping other people. Uh, find ways to heal, find their ways to navigate through this uh, corrupt system, and knit. <laughs> on, oh, on God bless of, <laughs> you. Knitting and painting, but they also say staying busy is also not good either. If you're, too- well,
1: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a mild form of disassociation. But if you mm-hmm. think we don't disassociate every day, then you don't live in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we every one of us disassociates from the present moment. And sometimes the present moment is too much. Mm-hmm. It's too painful or too pleasant. Like it can be both. But to your point about, about yes, you aren't seeing your, your children and not mm-hmm. either or, and. And I am still going to claim meaning and purpose in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because here's, again, the illusion is that that only the child is your meaning and purpose or mm-hmm. or you know maybe some assumptions can be made that once we're a parent that has to be our purpose and mm-hmm. and we can argue about that all day but when you are when the when the external world says to you you cannot express publicly this part of yourself mm-hmm. it's the same i would think it's similar with a miscarriage mm-hmm. okay you have a child that you can't talk with.
2: You
1: you can't talk about, nobody wants to bring it up. You're belaboring the point if you keep talking about it, right? All of those shoulds. The only reason those are happening is because the rest of the people around you are uncomfortable and they can't tolerate your feelings. Mm -hmm. So get a therapist or a coach or something. And just because that child is gone, just because that child is inaccessible, A, has no bearing down on your worth Or value. Okay, so let's separate what's happening from our worth and value. We have worth and value, period. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because we exist. Because your child isn't with you does not mean you're less than of a person, doesn't mean there's anything to be ashamed about. It means there's maybe some tragedy happening and some horrors. But Let's separate what that means about us or what Mm -hmm. it's assumed to mean about us. I work with mothers every day who are separated from their child, maybe because of substance use or mental health. Do I tell them that they're doing something wrong in the world? No, they have a pain point and it needs to be addressed so that they can be the best mother they can be. Now, you can be a really good mother and not have access to your child. Mm -hmm. You do... And, and I know I don't, I want to be very clear. I do not have children. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I am a child of an overburdened parent. So I have, I've worked with children for my career, you know, 20 years, but I don't have children, Mm -hmm. but I could imagine if I was a mother and literally a trauma happened because every time you give birth, there's a trauma where you're separated from yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a part of you going out into the world that when it's ripped apart from you, you suffer. Yes. Guess what? When parts of ourselves are ripped away from ourselves, we suffer. So if you're not allowed, if the, the public is not allowing you to claim that you're a mother or to claim that you're a good mother or to claim that you're doing it right or whatever bullshit, that still doesn't mean that you can't be your own version of what that means mm-hmm. because that is your right. Do, Innocently, we look to the world to try and meet our needs. The world can't meet them. The world won't meet them. And there's a really good reason the world doesn't want to meet them. Because if you meet your own needs, you don't need the world as much. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that's, that's a lot of sort of um, elevated talk for a very real issue, which is being separated from your child. Your child may say that they hate you. Any developmental therapist, which I'm not, but any developmental therapist will tell you that children go through developmental stages and there are some commonalities that children experience. And we also know that when somebody's in their ear all day, every day, telling them what the world means and what reality is, they don't have a lot of choices in whether to believe that or not. They're not even supposed to have the choice. Uh, like, uh, let me say that differently. They're not even supposed to be faced with the choice of what that means. Their job is to trust the adult, period. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't trust the adult, their needs aren't going to be met. So you have children who are being asked to do very adult things, as we know, in terms of, you know, um, letter writing and, and berating their parents and and hating and, and tantrums. And part of that is them expressing frustration with the, the experience themselves. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that you're a bad parent? I can't tell you that. You can tell your. You get to decide that. You get to decide what your parenting is. You get to decide how involved you are in your own way in your child's life. Now, that doesn't mean externals. That, you know, re- I highly recommend people write letters to anybody they care about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or poetry, like you have a whole book of poetry. That that is a coping skill as much as anger is. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it sort of like expels that stuck energy. You're shaking your head a lot.
0: No, I agree with you. I agree with you because you've got to (laughs) talk to a therapist because when you're Friends or family don't get it or don't want to hear it. I mean, sometimes your friends who have never gone through this trauma still can understand you. Mm-hmm. Even like I have a very, you know, close friend, she's never had kids, but she totally gets what you know the whole parenting thing. Yeah. And she was also in the military. Okay. <laughs> so- when it came to disciplining, it's like, what do I do? Because they were saying that, you know, if you have a three-year-old and you want to put them in timeout, then the timeout should only last three minutes. Okay. That does not work.
2: So I, <laughs> no, called. <it>
1: doesn't.
0: <laughs> so I called my friend up. And I said, <laughs> "What? how long? What should I do? She said, set the timer for 12 minutes. And you know what? That was the cure.
1: Holy cow. That, that's a long time for a kid to sit still. Yeah, and
0: it was she was in a comfortable yep. padded little I mean, you know, like she was sitting on a padded bench, you know. Needed a break. And I walked by her and she goes, "But Mommy, I love you." And I said, "Yeah, I love you too, but you can't talk to Mommy like that." Right? <laughs> so right. once that was over, once that bell went off, she never did that again. No. I mean, she 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 was never ever in timeout after that.
1: But that you know what that speaks to the point of individualization. Mm-hmm. Like we, uh, I, I I will always support our collective recovery and well being, but every rule needs to be individualized in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, if you look at the parenting quote unquote tip that you got, where did that tip come from? Who made those rules? Mm-hmm. Where are our rules coming from? Where is the rule that says? This is a tough one, but where's the rule that says we should not face harm in this world? Now, I'm not condoning that we do, Mm -hmm. but I lived under the assumption that I shouldn't be harmed in this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, The audacity, the audacity to think that I could ever outrun harm. And at the same time, nobody else knew what it was like when I was in the deep, dark hole and being externally forced to admit helplessness, hopelessness, and powerlessness, and that I'm at the mercy of somebody else's decision. Nobody knows what that's like. Nobody Mm -hmm. knows what an abuse situation is like. And your abuse situation could be completely different dynamic than my abuse situation. So why are we following rules that A, we didn't make ourselves, Mm -hmm. and that came from chapter in the world that isn't happening today right and what I I mean that in a very empowering way because when life pulls the rug out from under you and you're in a you're in a jail cell with a heart attack there is nobody coming to save you right there is nobody but you so you better figure out how to get that shit done in a way that works for you Mm mm-hmm and i had to do that too with my own situation in a mental health ward it occurs to me very clearly that i had been helping people for 20 years and somehow i don't i don't know how i missed it that every single case i had ever worked with was a result of a wound a, tra- a trauma like i mm-hmm. obviously i know diagnoses and stuff like that but essentially what it comes down to is that the world asks us each and every day to pre- betray ourselves in some way, you know. You want to be a mother. You want to have. You you want that ideal family. And then here you go to court, and the judge is making decisions that don't make sense and are illegal. And maybe you know on the side deals hustling, and you don't have a frame of reference for that mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense. It's not. It it could you couldn't even explain it. Sometimes I think if you tried. But what makes sense is that absolute ripping apart inside guttural helplessness that Mm -hmm. it invokes. I call that the basement of shame.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Don't stay there. Okay. Feel it. Get a therapist. But that's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your story. Mm -hmm. And... There's a rebel inside of you that I highly encourage you to make friends with. You go live your life in a way that you see fit. You go paint and, and um, uh, do podcasts and you go, you know, um, spread the word and help people have their stories heard. You do what's best for you because in that way, a, you don't have to work as hard to people, please
2: mm-hmm.
1: B a lot of these court cases are just financially exhausting. So you may have to quit before the external goal is won. Mm-hmm. but see, don't discount the tools that you already have. Everything that you have been through, everything, only you have gotten through. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that we don't have help. And I don't mean that we don't have supportive people, but they did not walk through it inside and out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You did. And I don't know a greater scientific evidence base than a hundred percent success rate. Even when you had your heart attack, Marianne, you survived. Now, I don't, I don't need to know why or how or explain (laughs) it, but the point is that you survived. That's the evidence. The evidence is really shitty and crappy things have happened and we're here. Mm -hmm. What's that about? I get curious. Oh my God, what did I do to get through it? I may not have liked how I got through it, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but whatever I did got me here. So it doesn't really benefit me to hate parts of myself that I needed to do to get here. Mm -hmm. And I might want to look at this as the chapter that I'm in. And it's only a chapter. Like I don't. I don't re. I know it sounds flippant when I say it out loud, but it it is only a chapter. Mm-hmm. I don't. None of us know what tomorrow brings. None of us know how a court case is going to turn out. None of us know how much money we're going to vomit out. But today, mm-hmm. you have some choices. You can go paint. You can write a letter to your daughter. You can go. I um, don't have children. So when I wanted a child, I went and volunteered for Big Brothers Big Sisters mm-hmm. because that helped me. It might not help somebody who's lost their their child, but it met a need. Meet your own needs. Because then you're dangerous. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: You have to sustain yourself. Um You know, when a trauma happens, you know, you've got to take some time to grieve over it. Yes. I mean, it could be a year. I, you know, I had talked to someone who said, you know, set a goal, you're, you know, grieve for about one year, then you've got to, you know, like, move, not move on. I hate to say that, but to um, move through. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah. Like just kind of like (laughs) let it sort of flow.
0: Right. Right. I think.
1: Go ahead. You go ahead. No, it occurs to me. um, I really talk a lot about ritual in my practice because so many cultures have so many rituals for so many different events. Where's the ritual for losing your kid? Where's the ritual for going to jail? Where's the ritual for um, these court cases that go on for years? Where's the ritual for bankruptcy because you're trying to protect your kid? There is no ritual. Guess what? You get to make your own. Mm-hmm. You get to make your own. And if you don't, then you're sticking, you're, you're like holding that pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And guess what that does? That turns into chronic illness or heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, <laughs> social worker for 20 years. I have did not know I had an angry bone in my body. When my complex PTSD, and when I started to finally sort of like associate and connect with what was happening to me, because I was so disassociated, it was so painful, I just couldn't even deal with it. But when I started to, this rage just exploded out of me, and I couldn't. It was so, it was also jarring because, mm-hmm. again, if you don't see yourself as an angry person, why are you going to snap off at the at the cashier? And I had to give myself some kindness. And it, literally, I know that we think about trauma. I, I know the first thing that people think about in trauma is a military PTSD veteran. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We're veterans, not mm-hmm. in the military, but we're veterans of trauma. And as such, we have experienced uh, breakages of our life in such a deep, way that yeah anger and rage can be useful but you have to let them out because if I don't let mine out I'm gonna yell at my partner Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if I don't let mine out the McDonald's cashier is not gonna have a good day (laughs) and they don't deserve that but it's an it's an explosion just like a child I was a child who didn't get to have temper tantrums. Okay. Like I, I, I was the good girl. I was not, I had ADHD. I didn't know was 45, but I, you know, I, I, whatever you needed me to be, I would be just to get the mm-hmm. job done and get everything, you know, so that the adults could be okay. So that I could breathe. But what I didn't tap into were the tantrums mm-hmm. have some fucking tantrums. This is not fair. It is not nice. Go to a kickboxing class or go out. You know what I, Tell my clients all the time, buy a pool noodle. Buy a pool noodle and beat the shit out of a tree.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe in private or maybe go down in the basement and do some boxing or dance it out or whatever. But you've got to get that energy out so that you can invite what comes next. Yes. It has to flow through you.
0: Right. And it doesn't stop. I mean, (laughs) like when I said to put like a, a, a goal to put this away but sometimes yeah. you can't put, like completely put it away. And I know when my sister-in-law visited, I think it was like a month or so ago, and I totally unleashed anger, <laughs> but not at Good. her. Yeah. I, at, at the whole situation. I can't really tell you what it is because I'll probably get arrested. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I let it out and I'm telling you it felt great. Yes. Because I mean she saw everything that went on. Yep. And she even knows the person that caused this whole big mess. But anyway, yeah. you know like uh, along with you know me and other good moms and dads that are going through this crap, you have to let this out occasionally because you can try to put it on the shelf but yes. then you know something will come up that will make you Ray remember stuff
1: random. And I love how our body works because I like the weirdest things will throw me off guard and my body, my body knows how to protect me before I, uh, rationally know how to protect me. That's the beautiful thing about trauma is that all, most of our behaviors are to survive. All of our behaviors are survival strategies. So withholding anger until it's safe to let it out is what we do. We disassociate, right? Like we, we can compartmentalize. I can teach all kinds of skills and that's really helpful for the moment. But at some point you got to bring it back out when it's safe to do so. And one of the key things that was helpful, I bet was being seen and heard Uh by whoever you were letting that anger out, just being able to be all of you, warts and all ugly, you know, uh, ugly rage, whatever we want to call it. But somebody actually allowing you to experience that, mm-hmm. which can lead to some, what we call reintegration. Mm-hmm. But I, if you look at January 6th, regardless of where you stand,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that was a temper tantrum. Right. <laughs> that was us avoiding and neglecting our own needs for many, many years. And some people being very angry about it. The same thing happened with the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we do not, if we avoid what we need to look at, it's going to come out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now the choices we have is to look at it and decide how we want it to come out or to, to sort of roll with it. If I have a rage moment, I let myself just like that, you know, like express it so that it's out. And again, to flow through, but I'll go back to ritual. The Mm -hmm. the therapy is a semi-real ritualistic in that you review your week, most weeks, you know, you come in, you talk about what happened, you Mm -hmm. troubleshoot and all that. It's also inviting your rational brain back into it. And so the rage that you and I may be having isn't rational. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be. It's actually supposed to be just to keep us freaking alive. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But if we don't, if we don't have tools to transition from the survival brain to the executive functioning brain, then we will use adaptive coping skills, but they're probably not going to get us to the goals that we're looking for. If that makes sense. Yes. It's going to come out of mental health, substance use, chronic illness, um, arrests, you know, (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) You know, and it's, it's, uh, even though you're doing something positive, like say, say painting, or, you know, like you said, dancing it off, or, you know, sometimes those things aren't enough. I don't know why, you know, um, staying busy or yelling at my (laughs) sister-in-law, even though I wasn't like yelling at her. Um, But, you know, sometimes I think this trauma that people experience, whether it be court, whether it be a horrible car accident or some horrific thing that happened in their family. Maybe it's a, something that's going to haunt you
2: mm-hmm.
0: for, for the rest of your life. I mean, I think maybe we're stuck with it. Not to be well, depressing. <laughs>
1: um, so I imagine it like um, like a developmental thing okay, we're, we're all going to have some trauma. It will color our experience of life, but we do have some choice in how it colors it in terms of maybe it's never going to go away that you've lost a child, but you're going to be sad about it at sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're going to be enraged about it at sometimes. You're going to be maybe even, maybe even grateful sometimes. Like I don't, and again, I'm not being flippant about that, but you know, maybe you see where, like for me, for instance, I would not have been a good mother, and I know that, and I'm so grateful that I didn't have children because that wasn't my journey. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The the point is, we get to have the meaning making. That is a human thing that animals can't do. We get to define the meaning something has for us. Mm-hmm. So if if uh, for five years the meaning that I assigned to what was happening to me was that I was worthless and the world was proving me right because they kept telling me, Oh, you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. And we're going to take your job away and you've got to do drug testing and all that stuff. It wasn't connecting with who I thought I was, Mm -hmm. but we don't ever get asked that. Nobody ever, (laughs) nobody ever asked permission to tell you who you are but nobody ever invites us to decide for ourselves who we are. Okay. So it may be true on the outside that these horrific things are happening. It is also true because Viktor Frankl wrote it in a book based on the Holocaust that you can be in the worst circumstances and still have some internal agency. And I, Again, I don't want us to have horrible circumstances, but we get to determine the meaning. So, yes, trauma is sort of a wound that um, Gabor, Gabor Monte talks about it as like if it's never allowed to heal, it's going to stay open and mm-hmm. vulnerable and reactive or it's going to close up and get really scarred and tough. And, you know, we've seen leaders that way, mm-hmm. if you will, who are literally having temper tantrums in front of um the entire world as a Mm -hmm. result of previous trauma. So it does stay with you, but it doesn't have to define what your life is. It is not all that your life is. It is part of what your life is. And what do you want to do with it? Mm -hmm. What and how do you want to respond to this? And that's not, that's not flippantly saying, turn the other Mm cheek. Again, what part of myself do I want to use? We have this uh, therapy has this um, theory called internal family systems. And the idea is that we have a lot of different voices going around in our head. Most of the voices of my clients have like the bully is in charge. So I always ask them who's sitting at the head of your table in your head. If there was an executive board meeting in your head of all of the voices in your head, the shoulds, the, I didn't, the shame, the, the 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 scared child the the um the playful you know the um the mad hatter alice in wonderland the rebel get creative it, there was a really good disney movie called inside out this kind of builds on that but but the idea is that if you only have one voice in your head you're not really being fair to yourself mm-hmm. because typically that voice is from some previous authority figure that had rules for you and you're not following those rules correctly but again who made those rules? Why were those rules made? What era were those rules made? And do mm-hmm. they even fit this fucking chapter? Because if <laughs> exactly. if they don't, then we need to get we need to update our rule book. And that's where we there is no rule book for when the judge takes your rights away. There is no well, there's their rule book, yeah. but it's not your own. There's no rule book for what to do when you're having a heart attack in jail and you're not getting your medication. Like there is no rule book. Guess what? that means I'm going to create my own. Mm-hmm. But if I'm conscious about it and I can sort of navigate and make my own meaning of it, you took my kid away. Okay. And yeah, that really sucks. It's unfair. We both know it's unfair, but I'm not a bad mother. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We know what's going on here, but I'm going to stay true to my truth find your truth, go get a therapist or a coach, find your truth. But what is your truth? Because when you know your own truth, again, when you know your own truth, the the, the, the insults, the slurs, the, the external assaults, that's a buffer. Mm-hmm. It's such a buffer. And so when you can sit in your own skin and have that executive committee in your head, you better be at the head of that table as the CEO. Because if you're letting some other, you know, scared child or the, the bully run the show. Innocently, we set ourselves up to fail.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, Lori, that's perfect. Everything you said was perfect, Lori, because (laughs) of this generational trauma that will go down lines of uh, six generations. Mark, Dr. Mark Roseman wrote that book, Preserving Family Ties. And he said, you know, the, the, Family traumas will disturb six generations to come.
1: Yes, yes. And if you change one thing, you don't have to change the whole dynamic of the family. Look, my family isn't going to change. I don't. I've stopped asking them to, frankly, because that's not my job, and it, they don't need to. They they owe me nothing. But mm-hmm. I owe myself. My own truth because guess what? I wasn't allowed to have it. You weren't allowed to have it. The world isn't allowing you to have it. And that is the only thing that I'm going to the grave with. By the way, you're not going to the grave with me. So your opinion goes second.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: You don't know what's inside. You don't know my nervous system. You don't know the thoughts in my head. You don't know how I experience the world but I get to have some agency over that. I get to learn tools to calm my nervous system. I get to build community. I get to talk and listen to other people who've experienced this. I get to build my toolbox. I get to have my buffer. I get these things, whether you give them to me or not. Thank you very much. Good night. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. I know that you're harming me. I know that you're harming me. I'm not going to let you gaslight me into believing that this is for my own good. Thank you. And good night. Mm -hmm. I love my daughter. I'm never going to stop loving my daughter. And I'm sorry that you can't see that. And you're not allowing me to express that publicly. But guess what I do every night when I go home, I have a ritual for my daughter.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I, I connect with my higher power. I, I read books to empower myself. I build these sort of movements. This is, Every good thing that's happened in this country has been the result of something bad happening. Mm. And that's not, again, we have this innocent assumption that bad things shouldn't happen to us. Bad things happen to us every day, all Mm. day. We're so numb to it that we somehow think that it's normal, Mm -hmm. the myth of normal. It is not normal. What you're going through is not normal. It is not normal to be separated from a child. It's not normal to have to pay to be seen as a human. Mm -hmm. But that's the systems that we have created. Do we want to do something about that? Do I want to be a part of that? I don't have to be, Mm -hmm. but I can be. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Do I want to decide what this experience has meant for me and how I want it to move my life forward? Or maybe I need to stay stuck in it for a year or two. That's okay, too. Guess what? I can't tell you what's right for you, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you get to. And if you need to have a tantrum over and over and over again because you're not being heard, people do it every day. People do it every day, and mm-hmm. some are praised for it, and some are sent to prison. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So I know your own way. That is the only way out of this. mm mm-hmm. And by the way, we're not so different mm-hmm. in, in terms of like, we all have something that we're so afraid to look at and you don't have to, you can be scared, but there's going to be a day like today I'm looking outside. It th- There's no clouds in the sky. Like seriously, like yeah. how, to me, that's such yeah. a miracle. When I lose hope, I go to nature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll say that till the end of my day. I worked five years with the indigenous population in Alaska, Native Alaskans, who for thousands of years had a relationship with the land. And every time I think life is just like hopeless, nature reminds me that things keep moving. Mm -hmm. Nothing is permanent. Change is constant. And oh, by the way, it all flawlessly comes together somehow, even in its destruction. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think of like clear cutting forests and fires and all of that. Like, yeah, this is horrific. A hurricane, Hurricane Ian in Florida, just clear cut a whole community. It is horrible. Guess what? They're going to rebuild. Wonder what's next? It was bad. Let's deal with it. Let's be sad and grieve. Let's ritualize. And then let's glean what we want to keep. Because what, what I, one of my coaches just said, like, every every time that um I experienced, um I, I don't remember how she said it, but basically, essentially, it was whenever I thought that I was being harmed, like, life was gently pushing me out of things that were harming me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: again, I do realize that these things sound flippant, but when you have done as much reading as I have, when you've worked with as many people as I have, I'm betting on a human every day of the week, every day of the week, I'll bet on you Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because only you've survived hundred percent of your life. And your child, the same thing with your child. Like I, I often, like I get wrapped up in the fear and I've got, you know, um, friends and family who are in danger and I worry about them and I have to remember, like, it's not up to me. I don't get to decide this. Mm -hmm. And I also don't get to understand all of it. And that's okay. Not my journey, Mm -hmm. but that child is going to glean things from their experience that you weren't supposed to glean that, that, that parent who is such an asshole. I don't Mm -hmm. get to know their journey, but I don't want their life. I don't want their life. If 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 I have to bulldoze the world to get what I want, that's not how I want to live. So I'll just go take my Legos and play somewhere else.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Y- you can cause harm to everybody else, but I'm cleaning up your mess.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's what what you have to do. You just have to. Um, well, I mean. I compartmentalize, yeah, and not to go back over what what we just were talking about, but you know, the a survival skill. Yeah, right. Like like enjoying nature helps yes. a lot of people.
1: And to be to be fair, scientifically, it absolutely impacts our nervous system in a positive way mm-hmm. every time you're out there. In fact, they like talk about going barefoot and stuff all the time. So. That will always be available. It ain't going anywhere. Well, we're trying to make it go somewhere, but it's, it's free. It's free. And you know what I've learned to really appreciate after all of the pain is so much of the things that I teach people are like free tools Mm -hmm. that we have available. Just like maybe we didn't even look at our survival skills as assets, You know, maybe I was a not, maybe I didn't present myself best in the trial or maybe I, um, you know, it looked like I was shooting myself in the foot in an abuse situation, whatever. I don't care what it looks like on the outside because internally, I know that you did that to survive.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Period. If you know that, maybe you'll stop hating yourself enough to consider that self-compassion is the way out.
0: Because when you... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. You said that people don't have self compassion.
1: We're not they're, taught
0: to. Yeah, they're right. You're you're not taught to, and you're beating yourself up even over uh, like uh, a negative email <laughs> that someone sent you. Yep, it'll bother you all day. Oh
1: should... my gosh! And then if you're neurodivergent, which most of us are, by the way, but if you're like I have come to realize my neurodiversity. I will stew on an email for 20 minutes before I send it because I want to make sure I have the right words that you, you know, like all that people pleasing and perfectionism and bullshit. Okay, but like, where am I in being okay with making a mistake? Mm -hmm. Because the court will tell you all day what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Your ex will tell you all day what you're doing wrong. Your kid will probably tell you all day what you're doing. Well, what the hell are you doing right? Because you're doing something right or you wouldn't be here. Right. So let's build on that. Let's start to consider the self compassion because. Actually, if you look at the Eastern religions, they all point to the fact that when you make that space inside for accepting yourself, the world looks different. You walk through, you relate differently. And that is your empowerment. That is your tool. That is your, that's how we uncloud the compass. We all have that internal compass. What happens with abuse and in injustice and all that is that our compass points one way and the world keeps telling us you're not going north.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like it's just like, no, 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 you got to go this way. Oh, no, got to go that way again. It's just spinning all day long. We're trying to people, please. We can uncloud the compass by getting clear that we have one, knowing our values, knowing our truth, knowing what we stand for, knowing what is okay with us and what is it, knowing what we believe and what we don't. Because again, the world will tell you, oh, you didn't that was an abuse. You're I just had a I just had a client who was innocently gaslighted by a peer professional and it, it was so unconscious and it just makes me livid because again, that's my trigger point. I was abused by providers. But you don't get to tell me I didn't experience this. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know who or where we got these instructions, but your experience is yours. If I don't believe you, dude, bet on yourself. Yeah. Because I'm not doing you any any favors if I am not in your corner. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not in your own corner. Who's going to be here in your corner for you?
0: Uh, exa- exactly. And I think the worst thing people can say to someone is, "Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Why <laughs> did you say that you shouldn't have said that?" And then then you're like, "Oh shit. oh, sorry
1: <laughs> I, no, 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 My, I, I have I have family members who I now believe are probably on the um Asperger spectrum. And you know, I've always been a little in, maybe embarrassed by them, and you know what? Why? Oh, right. Because I say some things too sometimes that maybe I didn't mean to say that way, or maybe you interpreted the wrong way, Mm. but who cares? Who cares if we can, when we have self-compassion, here's, here's a a center point for how I walk through the world. I give you the gift of having your own reaction. Okay. That's my gift to you. I give myself that same gift. Mm Mm-hmm. You can be anything to me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I also get to be anything. I yeah. also get to react in any way I see fit, whether it's rational or not.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm not
1: going to apologize for it. I may apologize that maybe it landed wrong or maybe, you know, like your feelings are hurt. I could apologize for something, but I will not apologize for me and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's not happening anymore. But, but yeah, like if we don't, if we don't make room for our own. Imperfections, which we all, well, on some level, we all have, but we're flawless. Like we, we're honestly, there is nothing, there is no mistake here. But whatever we perceive as a miss, um, an imperfection, what did that do for you mm-hmm. at some point? What did it do for you? It did something for you, or you wouldn't have needed to use it. Mm-hmm. So, if that's the case, then. We just need to decide if we want to keep that or not. Like, we don't need to continue that imperfection, but we better know what it did for us because it's not going to go away unless we do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I being being publicly humiliated and dehumanized is not a breeding ground for like successful growth, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is why you have to get your buffers and you have to get your toolbox and you have to build your own. Rule book mm-hmm. Don't want to think about your daughter today. Don't think about her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You really missing your daughter today. It's Christmas. you know, I um, I spent so many Christmases alone and and on one level, it was heartbreaking. I was very lonely, but on the other, it 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 forced me to value things that I had not considered before. So for instance, like um friendsgiving, you know, where you just have a bunch of like, I call our, I love my friend groups. I call them the land of misfit toys. We're all in the oh. land of misfit toys. Like we all have something that we're, but you know, Friendsgiving or the fact that maybe some holidays you spend it with other families and you get to observe like healthy, actually functioning families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a shocker because it it's is. like, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember as a child, I used to watch these sitcoms and be like, they're such fakers. How can a family be so healthy like that? Like, Like, actually happens somewhere in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) some days. So, you know, being able to be present and observe that could be far richer than the stress it could induce thinking about what you're missing. There's time for that. We're Mm -hmm. never going to forget we're missing it. But again, we better be... With the scales in our head, we better be looking at what's right, what's good, what's gratitude, what's a blessing, so that we can have a holistic look and not just the clouded, um, isolated, shame based fear mm-hmm. of the world.
0: You know, and with the shame, you know, like um, sometimes you've got to think of good answers when people ask you things that Ooh. are personal. I yes that, like um for instance i'll just give you a for instance yeah that actually happened but i was in a support conference and this um conference officer was highly unprofessional in fact mm-hmm. i called her boss and told him all about it good but um You're using your rebel yeah well you know and he apologized for her behavior, but that doesn't mean, see, what happened was we were waiting around for justice to come, which never did. But okay. in the meantime, this conference officer looks at me and says, I know why you got your kids taken away from you.
1: Oh, that's and so helpful, Marianne, isn't I it? Know.
0: And I smiled I'm at so her. I'm so fucking,
1: oh, I just want oh, yeah.
0: somebody. So <laughs> I, I smiled at her and I said, Right. Through legal kidnapping and false accusations.
1: Yes. Now,
0: I said. To, then I said to her, I said, you do know he is versing me. And she's so stupid. She goes, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm going, versus? I said, he is versing me. And then she <laughs> goes,
1: oh. I'm right, going oh. to her off guard. You
0: guys are so stupid.
1: You poked a bubble in what she thought and believed. And that to me, that is a good jarring of people back into like, no, the reality you think you're having, like, again, I know I said earlier, like, don't ever doubt somebody's reality. That was her reality, right? She thought that you were the mother that got, you know, she totally could see the reasons. Okay, fine. That's your reality. But I'm going to poke a pot. I'm going to poke a needle in your bubble there. And just remind you that there's more than one reality. But to your point, that's a really good thing. Mantras are something I call on a lot in my um, mm-hmm. therapy practice for people who are traditionally people pleasers or perfectionists to end the conversation, to mm-hmm. um, not derail, but like divert a conversation. or to I, I just put a period at the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, just think of a, a rote thing that you can continue to say. Over and over and over again, when somebody violates your boundaries and then in your head, put a period at the end of it, like, you know, like you just, like you, you, you just said, but use it then every time so that you too can remember that.
0: Right. Because
1: you need to be reminded that you're more than her assumptions.
0: Right. It's almost like, yeah, it's like uh, having um, like a wall of protection. So if any of that, anything negative comes to anybody, yes. have just your your basic response and how you're going to respond to everything that anyone throws at you. So yeah. you're not standing there going, oh, God, okay, what, how should I answer that?
1: I call it the boundary bubble where these mantras allow whatever's, whatever's coming at you to bounce back. Or actually, I call that the bounce back, but it doesn't matter what I call it. Just use it, you know? Um, another example. Oh well, you know, um, it, it just doesn't matter. I can't. I don't want to globalize it because it's individual to whatever your circumstances. But you know, oh, you got your kids takeaway? Yes, I'm in a heavy legal case. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, you, there's you don't need to over explain.
0: Right. Right.
1: Get out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Remind them that you're done with the conversation. Mm -hmm. that's all this mantra is for it's like the period at the end of the discussion we're not talking about this yes this is yep sure is happening i'm in the middle of a court case it's difficult period Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or thanks for asking you know people who are grieving do this too like at a funeral and Mm -hmm. that smile that's my autopilot we have an autopilot response when somebody threatens our boundaries and it like mine is just an automatic like oh you know, like just smile and I shut down, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you're at a funeral and let's be honest, if you've lost somebody, maybe you don't want to talk about it all the time, or Mm -hmm. maybe when you want to talk about it, people aren't available, or maybe you want to talk about it two years later and people have forgotten, but other people are uncomfortable. So they need to do something to feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. So they will out of kindness, Oh, tell me what you need. Do you need anything? How are you doing? Do you need food? And that's fine if you want it. But if you don't want it, have a mantra. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, don't, don't just blatantly and blindly accept all that comes at you. I think of Joan of Arc and I think of her heavy armor in terms of like, those. Th- that's your coping skills. That's your toolbox. Mm-hmm. You know what? I got armor on. You're not touching my insides today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Keep trying, keep shooting your arrows because they're going bounce right back at you. Once I have the tools, once I have my own power, once I believe that I am worth defending in my way, not the prescribed way that you're telling me to defend myself, because that didn't work the first time, right? Mm-hmm. That would have worked. I wouldn't have been in this case, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'd have done it your way. I would have had a completely different life. You don't have my life, so I'm getting my own armor.
2: hmm hmm
1: And we're going to do it my way, in, in, as much as possible. And that's not, we uh, live in a culture that tells us that we're selfish. And, and <laughs> I'm going to do a whole piece on narcissism here on my own podcast. But I honestly, we have a country that's narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And we keep saying everybody's narcissistic personality disorder. Everything is a degree. hmm it can be an ego defense to assert your self, whole self, right? Mm-hmm. It can be an ego defense. But if we don't factor in all parts of self, if we're factoring in all parts of self holistically, that is not a selfish act. Well, it is a self, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is a reintegration tool. Okay. So people may call you selfish mm-hmm. for taking care of your own needs are they taking care of their own
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay right mind your own business first of all right but second of all I'm not gonna let you tell me I'm selfish because I have needs and I'm meeting them
2: mm-hmm.
1: that is survival that is not narcissism Good does that point. make any sense like I'm not if I'm and and that's an internal process that's not that's not the external bullying, bulldozing, gaslighting. That's not the that's not the that's what we think when we think selfishness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Self self fullness, if you will. God, I think I just created a new word. We don't we're again because of trauma, any trauma, we have disconnected from ourselves. The healing the repair comes from reconnecting with ourselves which includes all parts of selves which is not selfish it is the bravest most abolition and revolutionary act you can do in this world
0: that's so well said yes i'm i'm so glad i had you on today and um you know i want to do another podcast with you
1: uh-huh. on
0: personality disorders i think that would be a good one.
1: You know, I, um, I don't know if I'd be the best, but we can talk about it. I love personality disorders, but not yeah. for the reason people think <laughs> <laughs> I love to dissect why we think that their personality, uh, any diagnosis yeah. is just a picture in time, but I like to get to the root cause and I like to address those issues. And so uh, yeah, whatever, but thank you. I love, I love having the ability to talk about these things in a way that um, more people can hear, because I, these aren't the things that are talked about. I'm not a very popular podcaster. I Nobody wants to talk about these things. And yet it does not have to be scary, which is why I created the Halloween thing.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Now, how can people reach you if they have a question?
1: Yeah. So um, I am on clouded uh, TikTok, Clouded Compass 2021. I have a link tree. Um, I have a bunch of different websites. I've got a book. I've got um, a trauma course that's six weeks. I've got uh, the Shame Unspooked webinar. In November, I'm coming up with Nourishing Your Nervous System,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, another webinar. And so I really just want the tools out there in my coaching business, Clouded Compass. And Clouded Compass 2021, I think, is my IG.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know I have my own private therapy practice, but that's that's the deep dive. And I, this isn't, this is a universal thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Well, um, don't jump off. Okay. okay. <laughs> Slam the gavel of podcast. Help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Mary Ann Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Lori in the future, because she will be back. And I totally thank you and appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you, Marianne. I appreciate you. Your work is amazing.
0: Thank you. Yours is too.
1: (laughs) Thank you.